My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. Hey folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fan spin spinoff show where we talk Transformers every time and all the time. I'm Mike. I'm going to be your host tonight, and uh, joining me tonight with the spark of combination are... Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC, 10 years. Hey, this is Justin. Hey guys, this is Tony, and with witty rhetoric like this, I could be an action hero. Come on, hot shot! It's time to turn Unicron into a hunk of Swiss cheese! Forget cheese, Ironhide! Let's make sure we do what we came to do! You got it! Last time we talked about, uh, you know, this is, this is part two of our coverage of tr- Dreamwave's Transformers Energon, and last time we talked about the first arc, and uh, Tony wasn't there last time, so I just want to, like, quickly, you know, get his thoughts, like... Just maybe in general on the Energon comic, like Tony, were you like reading it like off the stands, or is this the first time you've read it? Or um, no, actually, at this point, I was uh, pretty deep into like a lot of the stuff Dreamwave was doing. I was, I guess you would say, engulfing it, you know, as quickly as it would come out. I, I read the entire Armada series, and I, I read this entire Energon series. I like, it's, like I said, I wasn't around for the uh, first. Uh, issues you guys did but uh it was it was very interesting how dreamwave definitely took a different kind of path but it was similar especially with energon is more similar to the cartoon than armada but like at the same time there's a lot of different ideas kind of presented and especially like with how certain characters were introduced and how we were going about it. it definitely had a more western feel to it uh which i mean is is a given um, but the art was great. You know, uh, we were talking before the show about Alex Milne and how, like, you know, he, he did a great job. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought that the Armada verse and Dreamwave had a really good solid footing and I was hoping to read more, but as we, you know, talk about these, uh, next few issues, uh, it wasn't meant to be, but, uh, yeah, as, as far as like a sum up of like the first like arc, or a few arcs uh, going into this. Uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, interesting. It definitely like gave me something to think about, and uh, definitely not as poorly dubbed <laughs> as the yeah. uh, Western version. <laughs> yeah, I think we all concluded it was much better than the cartoon, at least. But uh, well, basically, like we're we're talking, we're primarily talking tonight about issues twenty five through thirty, which is like the whole rest of the series. Because obviously, as we mentioned, it like got curtailed at issue thirty because you know Pat Lee was you know not paying his employees, and Dreamwave imploded at that point. So we missed out on six more issues of Energon and any you know kind of sequels. Like you know, Furman was planning on going into Cybertron after that. And, and, you know, there have been, like, you know, Furman released summaries of what he was going to do in those last six issues and, like, you know, 
some of his general like thoughts on Cybertron and stuff, but obviously none of that ever happened. But uh, but I, I think what we'll do is we'll um, we'll talk about maybe it, we'll start we'll we'll go in order. Talk about issue twenty five because that's like another like kind of standalone character based issue. Then talk about like you know the the kind of Furman's like four parter like sort of worlds collide almost parallel where you know we you know launched into a new epic storyline with the I think it's called like the multiplicity arc. And then there's the last issue, like issue 30, which is both like an epilogue to multiplicity and a like starting point for the next arc, which never happened. So, yeah. So, like, you know, issue 25 is a kind of character focused piece on the Omnicons. And like, you know, Furman was really, uh, you know, building them up to be a uh, well, you know, they, they were main recurring characters in this Enter John comic. And uh I think that's more than they ever got in the cartoon. In the cartoon, they were just like a drone army, and they only they only slightly got off better than the Terracons because they actually were sentient in the cartoon. But um, here, they're you know all four of them are just individual characters, and this is issue twenty five was their spotlight issue. So I mean, uh, like Derek, do you have any like immediate thoughts on issue twenty five? I, I I know you said you were a fan of the way the uh, Omni guys were characterized, or at least that they they had unique voices. And I don't begrudge them having unique voices, but I I do kind of tend to find them like annoying. Like like I I think I'm more with with Hotshot when he kind of loses his shit and kind of tells them to go away. Like because I'm. You know, I, I think that's how I tended to. Find. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just was kind of a little off put just by that specific characterization, like the buzzing and the bitsing and the kibitzing and whatever. Like, and I guess I, I understand what you mean. Like, it's a focus for them. It gives them a spotlight. It gives them like an obstacle to overcome. They're fighting Snowcat like that. That stuff seemed fine to me, like in terms of uh, a story arc. I did think, um, I mean, my, my my notes on this, like, I guess to, to speak to how invested I was in those guys is none of my notes were about them. Do you know what I mean? Like, like my, my, my main notes for 25 was that I, I was kind of struck by the non-corporate synergy of the Autobots being in Ocean City, but the comic version of ocean city is nothing like the cartoon version of ocean city. It almost has like a Decepticon esque feel because it almost seems like ocean city is an Autobot command base. That's underwater kind of like the nemesis was. Whereas, you know, I think ocean city in the cartoon was more kind of like a oil rig or something. You know what I mean? It was like something that was like kind of, you know, not submerged, I guess, is the best way to put it. And then my only other note was about Snowcat, where I think I'm I'm trying to remember, but but I, I think there was that comment where, you know, we were saying how Furman was trying to write thrust like quick strike. But I, I did think it was interesting, too, because I felt like Snowcat kind of stole some of that, too, because there is that one moment where he, he he calls somebody sugar plum and it made me think of quick strike or whatever. And I just thought, oh, OK, like that. That's kind of how I read that in my head. Um, but I mean, 
as far as uh, I don't know. I, I I guess I've just never. I, I'm not a big. What what are they? I, I I keep getting it confused. They're omnicons or omnibots. I don't even remember now. But the, the yeah, I, omnicons. I, 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 omnicons. I they, they couldn't. I, I think the story was they couldn't trademark omnibots or something. Oh, so they just, okay. You know, they okay. were like, well, we already have mini cons, so we'll just go with. We'll, we'll, we'll call them omnicons. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, and 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 we've kind of gone over this before, but you know, in the in the cartoon, they're just kind of like power ups for other autobots you know they give them energon stars whereas this like they're 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 they have you know much more character than that but i i I don't know that i've ever you know i'm I'm like i i don't know other than like rc having that legacy character you know what i mean like like there wasn't anything that really ever stood out to me about them well justin what was you i know this is your first time reading this issue so what was your like uh, impressions of it. I liked it. Kind of like the portrayal of the Minicons in the Armada comic. Like, I appreciate they took the time to give them personalities instead of beep-bop boops. I appreciate the effort to give the Omnicons distinct personalities, even if they are annoying. Like, I still appreciate it. I mean, they could have easily stuck with that portrayal of the cartoon and they could have gave this issue to, you know, some other character and you know, gave them the spotlight, like someone from the show, or you know, like, oh, we need to like sell this toy, make sure you portray this character in a you know kind manner in this issue or something. But yeah, I thought it was fun. Like, kind of like Derek said, like I think at the beginning of the issue, I was kind of like, uh, you know, hot spot. I was like, can these guys go away? They are being annoying. Like, I kind of I appreciate giving them distinct personalities in this, but they were kind of like annoying and wrecking the base and fucking shit up. But then when they start like getting into battle and stuff and having their little struggle with Snowcat, I was like, OK, I'm into this. You, you won me over. Like, I, I, I think these guys are all right right now. Cool. And what about you, Tony? I, I, I of course, really like the fact that Energon took Snowcat in a totally different direction. He was basically just Cyclonus in the uh, cartoon. And he was a yielding idiot, basically. Here he's more of a tactician. He's like he's a cold weather specialist and he's also like pretty smart as far as general uh, military tactics which is really cool i mean i kind of like that as far as the omnicons um you know to to delve into my stupid knowledge of energon for no reason you know we have strong arm who is who's essentially like a brawn homage kind of um you could throw hound in there kind of but they're both jeeps and he's like supposed to be the strong one uh, you have RC, which, like Derek has said, is a legacy character. This is like the first time we actually got a original RC character in in any like toy form, um, which was pretty cool. And then you have Sky Blast, who is completely Jetfire, Skyfire, really, not even Jetfire. And then we have uh, Signal Flare, who is really interesting because he's not even a Transformers homage. Uh, you know, I'm sure Justin would attest, and Derek. I mean, it, it's a Mazer cannon from Godzilla, which is really weird and funky, but kind of cool, you know. So, I mean, like the Omnicons do have like their own personalities. So, like, while they are kind of annoying, I mean, I I can't run away from it. Just like Justin and Derek said, they the the squeaky squawky stuff is a little bit annoying, but having their own personalities and like not just being, you know, 
like the Minicons in our, our Mana cartoon or or like the Omnicons in the Energon cartoon or the Terracons in the cartoon where, who are just hordes of drones. It, it's nice to see them actually get their own characters. Yeah. And I, like I like they never say if like Snowcat is Cyclonus in this continuity and I don't think it matters really. But and like I, I always thought it was kind of stupid that like, you know, a helicopter becomes a snowmobile. So I would, you know, I think Snowcat comes across more as a, you know, a more distinct character here. And yeah, like I know, like like you said, Tony, like Signal Flare turns into a Mazer like cannon or whatever. And I think he, it, like I remember, like they they specifically made him and Cruel Lock like opposites because Cruel Lock is like patterned on Godzilla. So what do you call it? that's a well, at least the American Godzilla, I think, because he's got like that square jaw. I don't think this is as good as number 24 with like the Ironhide like spotlight. But like I, I kind of enjoyed this issue just for it's like, you know, uh, spotlight on these four characters because they become, you know, they they are important and they will be important, as we'll see in the next arc. And they keep being important or they would have been in the unreleased issues. But, you know, so it's nice that Furman made sure they were like front and center and we, you know, got a feel for all of them. But. But then, like, you know, the end of this issue, like, leads into the next arc, which is, you know, the four-part multiplicity arc, which basically uh, has um, the terror cons being, like, you know, uh, I guess this is another, like, link to the cartoon where, you know, the uh, Alpha Quintazon and Unicron have the terror cons cloned and have, like, all, you know, a massive army of them attack Earth, while Optimus Prime has been pulled into Unicron's interior by Megatron, uh, you know, who is existing as a disembodied consciousness inside Unicron. And, you know, the Autobots, and like, have to, uh, you know, get along without him, as, uh, while well, Megatron is also trying to find a way to escape his imprisonment. But uh, this this arc is also like significant for being like the first professional Transformers work of Alex Milne, who, you know, will obviously go on from this point to find great uh, success and stardom as a Transformers artist. But uh, I, I remember like first reading this and seeing his art and saying, like, you know, it's it's not as refined as it w- will be. And, like, he still can't draw humans, which might be down to, like, you know, the enforced, like, Dreamwave house style or whatever. But I, I like, I, I remember being really impressed with it, like, the first th- time around. Since we're already broaching the subject, like, can I just go ahead and jump into that a little bit? Because, like, yeah, issue 26 has a double-page spread. If this were IDW, I wouldn't question it, but it's Dreamwave, so I have to question it. Like, the helicopter in the foreground... The buildings, the Transformers, and the humans, I feel like that's four different artists or something because it's like it just doesn't mesh well. It's like, like, look at the buildings. Like, I don't like, is that really Alex Milne? And then the humans, like, they don't feel like, I don't know, like Alex Milne. Like, I know you kind of like were joking, like he can't draw humans even to this day. But like that, those humans feel more like the, I don't know, I guess it's that house, you know, Dreamwave style, but it, it just... It doesn't feel like his work, and neither does the, like the buildings in the background, like the Transformers, like in that little circle at the UN where you've got all the flags. Like I can buy that that's Mill, like even though they're like you know minuscule or whatever. But like all the other elements, I'm like, is that really him? Because I don't know that I buy that. And like I said, um, if it was IDW, like I wouldn't even question it. But it's Dreamwave. 
Well, and it, it almost looks, I mean, I, I, I think, I, you know, I mean, without seeing the original pages, it's hard to tell. But I, I think I have your back because what you notice about the the Autobot figures in the circle is they're actually inked. They're, 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 there's line art there. Yeah. Whereas the, the rest of that background that you're questioning, to me, it looks like they the, and the helicopters too. the the Autobots and the helicopters look like they were drawn by Milne, especially the helicopter in the foreground. But outside of that, the rest of it looks like it was left up to the colorist. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you, it doesn't seem as as if there's thick lines. It almost seems like, you know, it's a Bob Ross painting where you're like, oh, yeah, we'll put a little blue here for the lake and we'll put a little green here for the nice little bushes by the towers at the U.N. And, and we'll put a little nice uh, bunch of, uh, w- w- I don't know, a, a little speck of gray and white for the peoples or whatever you know what i mean like that's the the rest of it looks like a bob ross painting of the united nations you know interspersed with some some mill line art so that that uh that seems to track for me entirely like there are four colorists and an inker attached to this issue so it's entirely possible well, and only that, but we we covered the IDW like not IDW but uh, Dreamwave uh, summer special and that was fraught with like who drew this? Was this the same guy? So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be like, you know, what? They did this? Like even the, the robots in disguise portion was just like it seemed like somebody was drawing every different page. I mean, it was just it was chaotic. It it seemed like Dreamwave always had this problem where like the Transformers typically looked really nice. I mean, it varies depending on the artist and who actually drew it and whatnot. But like it seems like when it came to people, it just always it felt like that they were like from a different universe, like they didn't even belong. And I know it's that early 2000s anime style and people want to like emulate it because it's popular. But like to me, like when I see Kicker hanging out with like the Omnicons or Ironhide, like it just feels like characters meshed together from two different properties. It just feels weird. I don't I know, know if you guys like, had that problem either. Yeah, well, like, I, I know, like, you know, we, we talked about, like, how James Reyes said, like, oh, like, you know, they wanted me to draw the humans, like, in an anime style. And I was like, well, it's going to look awful, but they loved it, so I had to keep doing it. So, mm. like, maybe, like, <laughs> and I don't think, like, even when there clearly hasn't been, a, like, an enforced mandate on drawing stuff, like, Alex Milne's humans, like, in modern times, still don't look that great. So, like, I'm I'm assuming, and they look pretty bad in this, like, four-quarter, right. so I'm assuming that's all him, but, yeah, like, I, I do get what you're saying. Like, they do look like they don't, like, they, it doesn't mesh with the, auto, you know, the Transformers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, like, when there's not a clear mandate, and I guess they're just trying to get it out, it's, you know... But I, I will I will say like like Milne's style right here at this this like kind of uh, beginning point to uh, what you were saying, uh, Mike is like this is kind of his dirty style. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's not as refined yeah. as he would be like get eventually. Yeah, but I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I think it fits Energon pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a couple of pages here of Energon Prowl, and that's an awful figure but like he makes him look really cool here like if i was just going on the comic i'll be like yeah i'm gonna buy that toy and it you get the toy and it's it's awful but he looks great here like on the page (laughs) 
I think like all his Transformers, I think, yeah, look great. Like Optimus, like the interior of Unicron. Like, I mean, we're getting maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I think like his Megatron is awesome, especially when he gets, you know, back to in, in his own body and stuff and starts rampaging. Like, I think that all looks awesome. But, you know, all the stuff with like Rad and Alexis, like I think that kind of loses a bit of impact because of. You know, he can't really draw humans that well. So, yeah, I mean, the, like in terms of the styling, I guess I get it. But like in terms of the the content and the way it's directed, I guess I, I don't lose any of the emotional intent, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Like like because those are the most I don't know to me, th- those are some of the most emotional beats in that story right because he's he's you know he's he's grumpy because she's she's being an sjw protest girl or whatever you know what i mean and then i mean it even gets to the point where he's like okay have a nice life you know like basically saying like okay like sayonara like if if you want to be a a stickler about all this stuff and then you know and then he runs back later and then it gets all awkward because he sort of simps out and he's like oh i'm sorry alexis like you're so stunning and brave and then and then uh and then like then she gets blown up and then they have that moment in the following issue where you know he thought she was dead and so it was like a big deal so like in terms of like i i get that the the way their faces look and the way they're stylized in that anime style it it can take away from some of the impact because of yeah i i guess it's like it's like imagining like characters from card captor sakura going through the paces in a miracle man comic does that make sense like like where it's like it's like there's all this hellish like destruction and 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 people are being murdered thrown around in cars but then you know you've got you know sakura you know like i'm so happy you're alive or whatever so there's that like (laughs) clash to it you know like so it's like i get i get why you guys are like reject you know it's it's easy to like kind of reject it but i guess what i'm saying is underneath all that the the veneer of the the sheen you know like like there still is that that kind of gritty thing that's going on where you're like holy shit they're invading all these cities and they're you know blowing up taxis and all this crazy stuff is going on so like i still i still kind of felt that in the core of it i guess is all i'll say i i really want a alan moore like car captors comic now <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> he's I, like I, he'd be like a card captor Sakura is impossible to adapt into an anime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I, I mean, my my, my insight is not nearly as, as as humorous, but like I I go with like the the Dragon Ball Z Yu Gi Oh thing. Like Yu Gi Oh looks fucking amazing when he turns into like Yama Yuki. And then everybody in Dragon Ball Z is like these very, very like stylized characters. And then you have like Digimon. And like Digimon, like like the main character kind of has some freaky hair, but like all the other characters just look kind of boring. And I think that's kind of what they're going for. They're like, we don't really care about the humans. Let's talk about the Transformers. Just like Digimon is like, you want to see the dinosaur. You want to see the fucking bug monster. You want to see the cactus monster. 
these are our human characters and we kind of want you to care about them, but like we want to sell you the transformers. If that makes sense, you know? And, and I guess for me, like I think in, in this, the, the initial issue of, of this arc that we're talking about that, I guess I felt like pointing out again, like th- that IDW wasn't the first to have like Optimus Prime, like sort of plant his flag on the planet Earth or whatever. Like I, I felt like seeing that iconography of Optimus Prime in the UN surrounded by all these flags, even though I, I think the wiki like makes fun of it saying like, oh, I guess like Colorado's its own fucking nation or whatever stupid <laughs> shit like that they're pointing out, which is something I never pay attention to. I was just kind of sitting there going, look, he's at the UN. I'm 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 uh, buying what you're selling me. You know, I'm not going to sit here and question it like an asshole. Like, I'm just going to buy what you sell me that that Prime is at the UN offering this olive branch. Right. And and to me, it reminded me of or at least, you know, to me, I can certainly draw parallels to the, you know, the IDW Optimus Prime comic where he's he's planting the the flag and kind of going like, okay, we stand with Earth and all this other stuff. So, again, just like. You know, I think I brought up the whole, uh, you know, uh, what, what was it? The the I'm trying to think of the term now reconciliation or whatever, you know, ba- basically reintegration, I think, was what it was, you know, that 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 in Energon, they were reintegrating Decepticons into Cybertronian society after the war was finished and and kind of similar, you know, that you also have this kind of iconography of Optimus Prime, you know, basically allying himself you know basically including earth into their sort of federation of planets which seems to be like a theme that sort of happens even in eventually in like the cybertron cartoon and different things like that where you're like oh like this is all you know i don't know it's it's something that i guess people see optimus prime (laughs) we we, we, we didn't join you you joined us (laughs) yeah 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 so i was gonna say one of the awkward things in this first issue of this arc though is like i think and it was always awkward by design but it's like Furman also has to introduce like mirage and like not only does he have to introduce mirage he has to establish that mirage used to be tidal wave so like you know he gets you know he gets that whole like you know expository like introduction where he's like hey guys like i used to be tidal wave but now i'm mirage like hey what's up you know so I felt the same way too because I was like, did I miss something? And I kind of went back and I was like, okay, I remember him kind of getting like damaged and stuff. But like, did I did I miss the part where he got like reformatted and got his body? Which I mean, I know it happens in the cartoon, but I always felt that was like a huge downgrade going from tidal wave to that mirage body. I mean, I was like, that's that's not an upgrade, that's a downgrade. But like that that sequence in the comic, I was like kind of scratching my head and I was like. I've missed something somewhere. Like I'm like, you left a piece out, but that's just how it was written. Okay. I know, especially in talking to you guys, you, you heap lots of praise on, you know, that, that, that ravage and, and um, what is it? I, I forget what the aerial Terracon is, dive but dive, dive bomb. bomb ravage and dive bomb that they had, you know, their unique personalities and everything. But like, what do you think, of i mean to me this seems like not only the cover of of 26 but the 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 general kickoff to this arc being you know all like we were talking about you know all the cities around the world are being invaded by swarms of terracons like do you feel that walks that 
back a little bit or, or, or are you fine with there just being, you know, these Terracon drones being used in the invasion just for this, the purposes of kicking off this story? I think it, it works for this story. I am a little disappointed that like they didn't get like more individual, like, you know, screen time as individuals. I think there's like a single panel of like the prime dive bomb talking like in this story arc. And that's about it. But I did think it, I mentioned like, you know, cruel is based on Godzilla. And I think that's like, you know, made manifest because the Godzilla drone, the cruel lock drones are attacking Tokyo so, like, you know, I think that was kind of funny. But, uh, you know, you know what you made me think of when you when you, you know, sort of drew that parallel was, I, I guess, too, you know, the the genos or whatever. Like, you know, at the end of that stupid fucking movie, they have all the eggs and the babies and they're trying to rip off Jurassic Park. And there there is that aspect where, you know, th- th- those uh, crew locks are, are all kind of like the little Zilla babies, basically, like more so than than the, the the ginormous Zilla, I guess, for lack of a better term. Well, well I think there's also like kind of like a weird distinction because like in Japan, there there was uh, repaints like Command Jaguar, uh, Cosmic Dive Bomb or whatever you want to call it, Forest type hard shell, and uh, you know Doomlock more or less was like flame type cruel lock. And those are like supposed to be like the upgraded leaders of the like the the like drones, even though they never showed up in the cartoon. But like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I kind of like the idea of you know Ravage being kind of a autonomous unit, and you know dive bomb being kind of like you know like the Terracons being Terracons, being like Scorpionox troops. But at the same time, I mean, practicality, like, how many seekers did Megatron have? He still had Starscream and Thundercracker and Skywarp, but he had a whole fucking armada of jets. Like, it's funny because in those summaries for the issues that weren't released, um, Furman actually introduces uh, what, what's the one? The Krulock repaint, Tony? Doomlock? Yeah, Doomlock. Like, the, the, what do you call it? Yeah, Doomlock, yeah. Yeah, Furman introduces Doomlock as like a new like Terracon general or something. Yeah, so like I obviously I think you know he was like Doomlock, Grimlock. Like I'm gonna make him a cool guy. And like he he and also in the unreleased issues he introduces Energon Grimlock as well. So you know his his uh, Grimlock Ugh. yeah fan wank is uh, firmly intact. But I, I would like I would like to tell everybody who's a collector of Transformers right now. If you ever have a chance to purchase the two-pack of Energon, Grimlock, and Swoop, don't fucking do it. It's not worth your goddamn <laughs> time. Yeah, those are pretty ugly toys, uh-huh. Whoa, Dinobots! I thought they were extinct! I never even, like, found them or got... Like, did any of you ever find them in a store? Or? I saw them once. I saw them once, and I didn't buy them. Is, is this, that Toys R Us? Is this the part where I constantly tell you over and over again that the only Energon toy I ever bought was Energon Rodimus? <laughs> there was a Walmart near me that had two of those Grimlock and Swoop sets. And every time I would go there and get groceries, I would look at it. And, you know, I've talked about Energon Prowl, like being disappointed with that. I was like, this is going to be the same thing. If I buy this, 
I'm going to take it home and I'm going to be disappointed with it. So I never bought it. And I know it was hard to find. And, you know, I think I even offered like on Bot Talk or somewhere to like pick up one of these. No one ever took me up on it. But, um, but yeah, I was like, I would always go look at it and I'm like, this, why is this this bad? Like it should be better. And I was always a little tempted to take it home and try it out. But I, I knew that I would like be in for disappointment. So I, you know, I always resisted that. I, I have heard, I have heard that the swoop by itself, if you just keep it a swoop and do like the, the Tyrannosaur alt mode, don't do the combining gimmick. That is actually not a bad swoop, but the Grimlock is just complete garbage. That's all. That's what I've heard. Yeah, it like from the pictures, it just looked kind of like bad. So, well, I mean, speaking of like you know this uh, Autobots in this arc, like I am, I am really grateful, and this is something really that the Energon cartoon didn't really do a whole lot. Is that like Furman still kept like all the Armada cast in like with the group of Autobots yeah, that like yeah. Jetfire like rallies and stuff. Yeah, like but, Red Alert is there with with Energon Rodimus and all those other yeah, guys. Yeah, even even friggin' called in for reinforcements. Even friggin' Thrust is with them because you know he still got his sheriff's badge, like they mentioned in the first like issue of Energon. <laughs> so he's like you know. And then, you know, later when Megatron shows up, he's like, hey, hey, Megatron, it's me, Thrust. Like, remember, like, you know, I'm I'm not really with them. Like, I'm just, you know, hanging around. Like, I will say, like, uh, for, for this arc, especially whether it's it's Ghost Armada Megatron or or Energon Megatron, I, I, I do feel like Furman really has the, the David K voice down. Do you know what I mean? Like I can always hear him saying, you know, will sit back and enjoy the show, you know, like, like, or what, whatever he's having him say, you know, like it's like that one, what is it? 20, tw- my, my note for 29, the entire issue is of Megatron saying 10 years, 10 years. <laughs> you know, like that's all he does the whole issue. But, um, but, but I mean, I can, I can certainly hear David K delivering all those lines. So I thought that was, that was well-written. Well, um, well, I think like Energon Megatron in the end of the series, especially written, it is definitely like leaps and and bounds above the cartoon. Like it's just the the cartoon. He seems sometimes psychotic, sometimes measured. It, it was the dubbing. I know they had to do the lip flaps, and sometimes it's like you know, it's like I have a plan, and I'm going to do it to my fulfillest, you know, destiny. And then sometimes it's like Starscream, I want to kill you because you're, you're you're pissing me off. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just like. They had to do what they had to do, uh, but like this, this, this version of Megatron, this energy of Megatron, he seems like, in, in my eyes, like one of the coldest and like most calculating Megatrons. Like it, it's not that he just has a plan; it's like he really does not care what he has to do to achieve this plan that we never get to see fruition of, but like. He he is he is ruthless in a lot of ways. Yeah, like I think all that you know, all that when, once he gets his body back, like issue twenty nine is like rampage is like fantastic. Like I mean, if you like Megatron, like yeah. and I mean, Furman, you know, already had like Armada Megatron do some badass stuff back in Armada when he you know he fought Galvatron mm-hmm. and stuff and like so I mean obviously, you know, there's there's a sense of like. Uh, like catharsis and uh i don't know like 
you just enjoy you know megatron has like you know sometimes when it, when it, when he's when his interests align with the autobots it has like he has like you know magneto or uh, or you know something like that where you know you you like seeing like the charismatic bad guy take on a bigger threat or something mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. himself and um like derek like you were saying like you know you think of IDW and you you think of, you know, there's that scene in Mike Costa's run where Megatron fights off all those sweeps on his own. Mm. Like, in a, I'm kind of, this is kind of like the prototype of that basically. Right. Right. He's, Cause he's, he's, he's mowing by. down those hordes of Terracons and all that other stuff. Yeah, no, I can see that. And then, and then what you were saying too, I mentioned this is what you were referring to earlier when you were saying this was kind of a callback to worlds collide because, you know, Armada Megatron kind of getting the the sneak win on on Galvatron right in uh, in in Worlds Collide on G one Galvatron that you know the, I don't know if it's as much of a sneak win but but him you know as Tony kind of mentioned too you know him stabbing Scorponok with his Energon sword you know at the conclusion of their battle right with the the Marcello Matera art like that that to me echoes the the worlds collide as well because it's it's you know another kind of sword stabbing win for 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 armada slash energon you know megatron yeah let's uh i mean does anyone else have anything else to say about like multiplicity like i think you know i think it's a pretty strong arc like i I think you know and it it makes it even more a shame that this is like you know the basically the high like you know the dramatic high point of Energon before it all like ends. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, like you know, as per my avatar, I, I do think like you know, we 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 talk about cliffhangers for so many properties, like shows, comics, cartoons, and all that stuff. But Mega, like Megatron, you know, being pretty much like the round king right now, you know, he's like he's pretty much dealt some heavy damage, and then Optimus. Even though this is fucking fat ass Optimus, <laughs> Fatimus Prime stuck in the bowels of Unicron. I guess we didn't really talk about that, did we? Like, like, is yeah. it, it? Does anybody find that ironic that Optimus is pretty much? I mean, he's in the game, like, and he's controlling things from the bowels in a way, right? He helps release Megatron and all this other stuff, but. I, I did kind of think it was interesting, like for all intents and purposes, Optimus he's Prime is, player, is, yeah. is is out of this because he's he's stuck clawing his way through through Unicron, which I I don't know, like there, there's part of that that I thought was interesting that was in some ways taking it back to, you know, Transformers the movie, right? Like like oh, it might be fun to explore the bowels of this Unicron, like what what uh, you know self-defenses you know antibodies does unicron have in the energon universe or whatever you know maybe something you know bring some kind of unique spin on that to to this arc or whatever but then there is that part of me that's like if if somebody's an optimus prime stan or even a fatimus prime stan you know like if there is such a thing you know like like maybe they're like what the fuck like why is why is optimus taking a back seat in this whole arc you know type thing but I'm not a Fatimus Prime stan, but it, it it seems like a mistake to me because it's like having him in Unicron, like that's cool. And it, I agree, like Milne draws the insides of Unicron like very well, like it looks great. And then having him kind of like 
wrestling with this notion of like should he release megatron to help him like he kind of views megatron almost as like you know the worst evil but then like i went and read some of the synopsis for those unreleased issues and it it sounds like until like the last like two or three issues like optimus is still hanging out in unicron's bow so that seems like a huge mistake to me to like take out optimus and sideline him for so many issues it it, it reminds me and maybe tony will appreciate this the most but it reminds me of like the end of uh night's end when the batman makes sean paul dig through that hole and have to take off all his armor to get to the top when he's finally armorless or whatever and it's like i felt like reading those synopses of some of the future arcs you know like basically optimus is still in unicron and he's clawing his way out through some you know some tunnel or tube that unicron doesn't use anymore or whatever and then by the time he gets out he's like oh shit there's a big missile launch that's about to like you know shoot up my asshole and he's got to like figure all his stuff out and it's like i i can see why that would be epic and lead to like a really cool cliffhanger for the end of an issue you know like optimus finally you know, you've been waiting like months and months and months for Optimus to dig his way out of fucking Unicron. And then when he does, there's a big missile strike right about to land on top <laughs> of his head. Right. And I, I get why that makes for a good cliffhanger. <clears throat> but I also kind of understand where Justin's coming from, where you're like, oh, dude, like, isn't this your most recognizable? You know, I mean, as, as Bobby Skullface likes to say, he's one of the, you know, the big five in Transformers. And he's kind of essentially sidelined in Unicron's fucking uh, stomach for the, the, the two two arcs, essentially. Maybe, maybe it's, just, it's just that fucking poor-ass design. Maybe like they were just like not wanting <laughs> to fucking draw it. Well, that was gonna, like your avatar, Tony. It's like that's the last page of Energon, and in fact, the last page of Dreamwave entirely, because Energon yeah. number 30 was the last issue they ever released. But... Like it kind of look. It looks like he has like Generation Two like energy there. Like you know, he's got like, the bandolier and like all the scars and stuff. Like I think Bingo that was gone. Yeah. 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 Last show we talked about how the the art always makes you know what we call like Fatimus like look cooler than his actual design like warrants. So. Like, I mean, I think that's... They like, slim him down. They slim yeah, him down. Uh-huh. They, or redistribute his, like, you know, proportions better, but... I, you know, I know I know we're kind of... I know you want to talk about, like, 30 specifically, and we're kind of jumping over to some of the unreleased stuff, but ju- just to bring it up as a point in terms of this arc as well, and, and the sort of untapped potential of Optimus Prime... And and maybe I'm misremembering too, so maybe you can correct me because I, I I think eventually I kind of gave up on reading the TF Wiki entries and just read, you know, Simon Furman's actual blogs, you know, just getting it straight from the horse's mouth of what, you know, what he had planned to take place in the 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 subsequent Energon arc that was never released. But I'm I'm drawn to what Justin was saying too because I'm like. And and not not that I need them to do this all the time, but it, it brings me back to the Energon cartoon where every five minutes Optimus was was doing combiner mode and merging with fucking he was what it was it Optimus Supreme or what you know what I mean? Like he was merging with Jetfire and all these other dipshits like every five minutes. And it's like, you know, in, in this, it's like that's that's. Do, do they ever do that? Like, were they ever going to plan to do that? Like, I, I feel like the answer is no, because I don't I don't remember well, ever. And, seeing and no, that. no. 
And yeah, Furman's yeah, in yeah. the synopsis for Furman's issue thirty six, like of unreleased Energon, it does say that it says Optimus and Jetfire have to power link to fight the uh, like, Terracon okay. hordes okay. or whatever. Okay. But okay. people have noted, like on the wiki, it's like, but Energon, Optimus, and Jetfire can't power link. Power like, link. Optimus power links with Wing Saber and Energon, so like, maybe like yeah. Furman didn't know that, or like maybe they were gonna like you know, <clears throat> or maybe it's a typo. Yeah, no, no. It's it specifically says they combine or something like so. Oh wow! But, yeah, I mean they. Well, you, well remember that can't, thing, can't, that can't 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 Super Optimus Prime from Toys R Us combine? Yeah, with that's. I was going to say that the, the, the tiny Optimus, like deluxe size one, could combine with Jetfire, but they'd have to like you know reproportion him if they were going to like. And it looks stupid. Yeah. yeah, it would look stupid if it was like the same size as the toys are. But <laughs> I, I guess I just thought because because one of the I, I know I sent you guys some some art pages from some of the unreleased issues. And one of the ones that stood out to me was the the one where they're constructing Omega Supreme. Like it, it almost looks like Ironhide spends that entire next unreleased arc, you know, preparing Omega Supreme to like, you know, fight all the bad guys essentially, right? And I just thought, well, Jesus, if they spent all this time setting him up, you know, it's like, yes, he can come out and be his own character right. and and wreck shop on these guys, but I just thought, well, if they spent all this time setting him up, then you know, so, somehow maybe there'd be a climax where Optimus would merge with you know, Omega Supreme and they do that whole, you know, Optimus Supreme thing or whatever they do in the cartoon is what, like what, some what, what, some major last battle or last, you know, couple pages or something. Well, there's also the question of would Omega Supreme be a headmaster like he was with a toy? Yeah, probably. It doesn't seem like it. Like, but yeah. I, I think Furman was just the the way he writes it in those like synopsises of unreleased issues like Omega Supreme would just be going back to his like Marvel nineteen roots where he's like you know the last yeah, resort of destruction yeah yeah originally uh, like uh, I will say this just for for toy addicts out there Optimus Prime the Energon version only had three modes he had like his crappy like little four drone mode that he came packaged with. He could also combine with Omega Supreme to be Omega Prime, which was not great. And then Wing Saber, which was the best light version of that Optimus Prime. Yeah, that Wing Saber made Fatimus a good toy. Like if you like combined them. Yep. Uh huh. But yeah, let's let's talk about Energon 30, which is, like I said, the final issue of Energon and the final issue of Dreamwave altogether, because I think, you know, it, 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 they at least they went out strong because I think it's a great issue. Like, I think it's a good, like, exploration of like Decepticon, like politics and stuff and like, you know, how they uh, a good callback to like various, you know, Decepticon leader fights of the past and just a generally good fight scene issue and like I, I i like i remember being crushed like after like after this issue came out everyone was all excited and then like not even i think it was not even a month later we got the news that dreamwave was like closing and they hadn't like put out a comic in a while and we we're like where what's happening and then we got the news and we were like oh man like it was just getting fucking good and you like you ended it like uh but but yeah like like justin like what did you think of like Megatron versus Scorponok. I thought it was a pretty great battle. Like I was kind of getting into it, but 
I don't know. I, I, I kind of like struggle reading some of those synopsis on the TF wiki. I guess kind of like Derek mentioned, like I kind of I read the f- first three for the first three unreleased issues. And then all the ones after that, I kind of just like skimmed over them to see like, OK, well, what happens with Optimus? What happens with Megatron and Unicron and all that stuff? But like some of that stuff, I, I don't know. It was I want to say it was hard to visualize, but I think it was just the way it was describing things that just wasn't like connecting with me like inside my head for some reason which I, I i don't know like i usually whenever i read anything like i i can usually picture it very easily inside my head thoughts so i don't i don't know maybe i was just tired or something but like that yeah that issue 30 like that's a great battle between megatron and scorponok and I, I i i appreciate the little flashback there at the beginning where you get to see a little bit of armada megatron and starscream but and then that full page of like megatron you know behind scorponok with a blade through his chest like that's a great page and then uh just from there you're just like oh well that's it and like this is how it ends and you've got like multiple stuff going on you got alpha q and um the traitor on the high council and all those machinations you're just like well where was this going and then you read where it was going and some of it sounds pretty cool like you kind of warned me on the first episode of this, like, well, the Horsemen of Unicron, I think you're setting yourself up for failure or disappointment. And you were right. Like, they don't, they get like, like, what, one or two panels in these six issues and that's it. But they come back in those unpublished issues. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty cool. It's a shame we didn't get any of that. But like, that does sound pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, like they were, they were supposed to fight Omega Supreme, I guess. Yeah, those unreleased that issues. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I think it's funny how, like, it's supposed to be believable that there's one Autobot senator or whatever that's corrupt, you know, Avalon, and he's working with Alpha Quinasad, and and it, it's it's so nefarious and everything, and and that was the standard believability that of this this council of senators, one of them is a bad guy. Whereas I think, you know, if you flash forward to like autocracy or whatever, you know, then it's like, oh, all. All the senators are corrupt, <laughs> doing backdoor deals with everybody. Yeah. And two, like it was that. a different time. It was two thousand and four. We only believed that only one senator could <laughs> only, be corrupt. Only, yeah. only a few senators could be corrupt. Now, now we know better, and we know that all all of them. Are yeah. No, I, 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 I dug like you were saying. Like this is a great great fight and then i i you know i'm just i guess i'm overemphasizing but even even in the midst of this being a great fight i feel like Furman has that that megatron voice down pat you know what i mean and 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 i think that the the perfect thing about this is not only is the the physical fight great but they they they're kind of having a debate of philosophy too do you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, the one guy's like, oh, I, I, you know, Scorponok's like, I put myself out on the front lines. Like, I'm, I'm like Serpentor. I jump in and fight with the troops and they love me and they cook me little pizzas and all this other horse shit. You know, like, it's going to be great. And, and you, you just, you know, slither in the back and you're calculated and all this other stuff. And he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, what you're missing is, uh, yes, I am calculated. And because I'm calculated, you thought you kicked my ass, but you didn't because I still have something in reserve you know and then he stabs him and you're like oh okay cool you know like and and it's interesting too to see 
to see Megatron, uh, you know, sort of laid low by Scorponok because the the previous issue was just all out, you know, Megatron, you know, annihilating all those Terracons. So, you know, you get this impression of of how much power he has. But but it's it's interesting to see him on a one on one confrontation with people who are not just drones, you know, and there there are there are some moments where you think, oh, shit, you know, like he's you know, he's taken aback a little bit like Scorponok gets some some good licks on him as well. So it makes it for, you know, it's not it's not a lopsided battle by any means. Do you know what I mean? Like like you're sort of on the edge of your seat no matter what direction it's going in. So I think it works really well for that. I think it's interesting that like in G1 and in Energon, it's kind of a uh, interesting parallel that like Scorponok both times in G1, you know, he was in the cartoon, Zarak was completely unredeemable. He was part of the hive and all that shit, and he was just evil. But in the comic, Lord Zarak, you know, as you know, Mike, like, was often at odds with himself. And, like, you know, he uh, had had a sense of morality. Not a strong one, but more so than other Decepticons. And, like, he was at odds with himself many times. And it's kind of weird because, like, is that like, is that the Scorponok trait? Because that doesn't show up in IDW, but that was here in Dreamwave. Yeah, well, I mean, this Scorponok isn't really. I, I wouldn't say this Scorponok is very like moral or anything. He's just, he's just a more like hands-on commander, I guess. Like Derek said, like than Megatron. He's like a patent. He's, he's like he, he cares for his troops. Yeah, yeah but. But yeah, I mean, he he was an interesting character or it, it was an interesting take on him. And like, you know, they, they played up the parallels between him and Megatron really well. And like you do kind of feel bad for him, I guess, almost that like, oh, man, like, you know, you could have been like you could have been cool. But, you know, you just Megatron's here and he's got the newer toy. So you're not, you know, I, I think. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's way, way better, and it didn't overstay its welcome, like in the cartoon, where it's like, you know, Scorponok was the big bad for, like, the first, like, what, five episodes of Energon, and then right, Megatron yeah. gets revived, and then he's, like, Megatron's bitch for the entire rest of the series. Yeah. Not even as a kid, but just as, like, a fan of the franchise. He, I mean, you know Megatron's gonna make his make his big return. You know he is. So, you know. This is not a Scorponok story, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Time to test your loyalty, Scorponok. Be my shield. You pass. Now out of my way. But yeah, as far as thirty though, though to 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 speak to the 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 fight when Megatron won, it wasn't like it wasn't so much an earned one as far as like yeah he deserves it. It was just like. You know this is how it's going to play out. He's the con. Like yours is the stronger will. You know. I, I guess I would. I will say, like you know, even though I'm not as big a distractor of the the Energon cartoon as as most people, like th- this does have that similar. That the comic has that similar feel of having a more. I don't know. Heavy, grounded, realistic take on certain plot aspects of that cartoon. You know whether it's whether it's you know Megatron coming back and taking command from Scorponok. Obviously, this is 
you know, the, the preferred version or the, you know, it's something that's a lot more dramatic and, and engaging to see, you know, rather than something that's kind of middle of the road, shall we say, you know, like type thing. And then in terms of the invasions as well, I mean, the Terracon invasions took place in the cartoon all the time, but you never really got that, you know, it's like, oh, everybody evacuates, but kicker. Do you know what I mean? Like you never got that sense of, of peril that you do in this arc where, you know, whole cities are being raised and, you know, everything is kind of being laid waste. So, and, you know, I, I think in terms of how we applied that same logic to Armada with the, the mini cons being kind of like an oppressed group within the Cybertronian hierarchy, you know, this, this also has that, you know, a, a certain sense of weight to it as well, you know, that I think uh, speaks more highly for this version than, than say the, uh, the, you know, the cartoon version of those, those plot points or whatever. I mean, I know that the, the show eventually kind of devolved into, you know, characters growing big and giant and being like overly pixelated or whatever. And nobody really likes that, but you know, I mean, I, I, I think some of it, I, I still got into and I've always like I said I've always kind of been a big kicker stan and and I, I, I do think it's interesting like about you know th there's aspects in this where he starts to do it but it, it seems like in that unpublished arc they, they really play into him going like full on Super Saiyan or whatever you know because there's like literally like unpublished panels of him doing like fucking Kamehamehas that fucking I think Demolisher or whoever it is that he takes out, you know, and like different things like that. And I, I guess the reason, the main reason why I bring that up is I'm not typically someone who's like, yay, I need the human element or the human interaction in my, in my Transformers comics. But there is that aspect where I can see why people wanted you know, Rad and Alexis to play a role in this and even Carlos and, and why Kicker's important and how that translates into, I guess, you know, some of these Bayformer films that I've never seen, you know, having that human element for general audiences to relate to. But I, I think for me, like, I, I think I'm I relate more to the superhero power trip fantasy than any human interaction. So to me, I think that's probably why I'm a kicker stand because not only is kicker a human being and, and presumably, you know, I, I and other general audiences are supposed to relate to the quote unquote human element. But, but I also get a kick out of seeing that human element, you know, I don't know, take on some kind of super heroic, qualities or or powers or whatever so I, I i find that fun because if you're vicariously living through that character you're like oh shit i want to do a kamehameha you know like i i, I want to you know take all this energy on and power up the omnicon so they can whoop ass like like i i kind of enjoy those moments in the book as well yeah like i mean in, in the uh unreleased issues i mean it, it, what was going to transpire was that like they said it like you actually see it in issue 28, I believe it is that like Starscream comes back and like, you know, takes out Demolisher. Then Demolisher was going to be abducted by Alpha Q and reformatted into his like, you know, Energon Demolisher dump truck mode. And he was going to kidnap Kicker. 
and then like then they had to rescue Kicker, and then eventually, yeah, Kicker would like totally destroy Demolisher with his like Energon powers or whatever. So, yeah, that I mean that would have been cool to see. Like, I mean, I know there's like I've seen a lot of unpublished like art pages of like Energon Demolisher like kidnapping Kicker and stuff, like because that was going to be like issue thirty one and thirty two. But yeah, like, uh, you know, it's too bad. And like, I I guess I want to kind of transition into like the legacy of this comic and this like storyline, because I think I was making Derek's head hurt by explaining that, like, you know, they they reference like this continuity again in like the fan club comics and stuff where they try to say that the Cybertron cartoon is a sequel to this comic. Which, you know, sounds bonkers when you, like, hear it and you know what, like, I'm talking about. But, like, I guess because it's slightly less inconsistent with the comic than it is with Superlink. I think that's the logic, but it still has a lot of inconsistencies. And it, it still doesn't quite work. But, yeah, you know, they, they use, like, you know, the giant black hole that was going to form when, you know, Unicron explodes as a you know a wizard did it it's gonna it was gonna be the black hole did it like you know all the the continuity errors and people not remembering stuff like that was because of the black hole like so yeah i, I don't know see but, uh, what, what 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 drives me nuts about that is is if if the black hole is your a wizard did it excuse then why why does it matter whether it ties into the the comic or the cartoon because if a wizard did it then then that should be the this ridiculous catch all to explain any inconsistency. So why are you trying to stream? I, I don't know that that's the part that baffles me is like, what? Why are you trying to streamline it to something that doesn't streamline anyway? And then on top of that, then you've got this big excuse about why there's inconsistencies like I, I don't know. Hey, I'm, I'm not I'm yeah. not saying like I, I agree with it, but I'm just saying like what? Like it seems the writer oh, yeah, yeah. Was, that, that's was what trying to, for. yeah, like yeah. there are, I think there are three direct links to like the Energon comic in those timelines, or not timelines, a uh, collector's club like stories. And it's like that they, they reintroduce Overrun and he was like in the unreleased issues, he was going to die when Starscream came back, like Starscream was going to kill him. And, uh, but in the in the fan club issue, they they reintroduce Overrun and he has been like merged with like some com- like Cybertron's core or something. And he and there's one like flashback panel where he says like, oh, yeah, like Starscream killed me. But then I downloaded my consciousness into like, you know, the Cybertron security net or whatever. So and like that was supposed to be like, oh, that's a reference to the issue that was never released or whatever. Yeah. And then um I think the other direct link is uh, in those like fan club stories. A uh, dark Scorponok shows up, which is like that Cybertron repaint of Energon Scorponok, and he like he's a zombie, and like in the the profiles for him, like which I believe like the toy had, or or I, I forgot Tony, what was it like? You could like look up the the codes on the back of the cyber keys and they had like profiles online for them. Like, I forgot what it was. Yeah, He was, he was abused by the dark energon from the uh, black hole. 
Yeah, like well, like I, in that profile, if you look he it up returned online, for some reason, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, well, it says that Megatron killed him in that profile, and that only happens in this comic. Like it doesn't happen in the Energon cartoon. So, like you know, so if Dark Scorponok is there, then that means it's this Scorponok. Like so, I'm 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 trying. Like I I don't mean to to contradict, but like technically, doesn't Megatron grow big at the end and he's also Unicron at the end of the cartoon so if Scorponok died on Cybertron then indirectly doesn't Megatron all isn't Megatron also responsible for his death in a different way like in a very like in a much more <laughs> indirect way yeah, yeah. yeah. tangential yeah. way yeah. yeah right right I, I'm just saying if, I guess if you really wanted it to it, it could potentially work both ways You've got that other panel that, like, you know, Derek, you, like, posted that where, you know, Vector Prime is saying, like, oh, the black hole is, like, fucking with people's memories and stuff. And that's supposed to, like, right, yeah. explain yeah. all the friggin', like, translation errors, I guess. Well, like, I, well I mean, and it's not really, I mean, I, I think it's unfair to say just translation errors because, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I guess I'll just use this as an opportunity. But, I mean, I recently finished watching cybertron for the first time ever because of, for whatever reason i had a real block trying to finish that show do, do, do you think that mike doesn't understand that our worlds are in danger <laughs> transform transform anyway i i, I the, the intro notwithstanding i i had a tough time trying to finish that show right and and uh, I mean, I, I guess I, I finally sat down and did it or whatever, but the show in and of itself, the, the Japanese version of the show that it was translated from was supposed to be its own unique individual continuity. And Transformers had never been to Earth before and humans had never seen a Transformer. And they go to great lengths in the first couple episodes to introduce the the new supporting cast to transform yeah galaxy force was a new thing it was totally new yeah yeah it was supposed to be new so so not only can you say you know quote unquote translation errors but but this whole notion of the dub specifically forcing a a a square peg in a round hole well yeah of course you have to do these ridiculous fan club comic backflip double talk explanations to make all that stuff make sense because it was never designed to make sense in the first place uh hotshot is not hotshot he's exilion yeah they renamed everyone yep yeah but but then like hasbro had to like double back and like do a loop-de-loop and like say no no we want this to be a sequel to energon so the the other thing that always drove me crazy and i don't know if this was a result of that Transformers timeline vector prime nonsense either, but the the whole notion that you know technically in in Galaxy Force the black hole was just the great evil and not really related to Unicron. I I don't know who decided this, but there th there seemed to be at some point where they decided Unicron is Unicron in all continuities, and like that makes my head hurt even more than. And the the this vector prime stuff you're they, trying to explain they, they, to me. They, they basically said, like, in, in essence, you have Galactus in Marvel, but Galactus in Marvel is not 616. He's Galactus in every alternate timeline. Con conceptually, that's fine, but 
<laughs> Unicron dies in all these different versions. So what, like, what are you telling? You know what I mean? Like, you know, wh- whether it's the 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 Marvel issue number seventy five or Transformers the movie. But I mean, if you're yeah. dead, how can you go to another dimension? <laughs> I don't. He transferred. Maybe don't, he has a body in every single dimension, and like he transfers his. I don't know. It's stupid, and they've already undone that. So like, the, like they have, they have, yeah. They, have. They, they they said no. Like I think they called it like the multiversal singularity theory or something. In, but they, in, they, in in Prime, Unicron is is part of the fucking Earth. Yeah, they they like the fan club comics already like went back on that. They were like, oh, we did some like other cosmic thing. And now, like, you know, there are multiple unicrons and stuff. So they, they already yeah. went back on that. Like, do you, do, you, do you think that's why, like, the unicron trilogy is kind of not well received? Because it was not really well played out, like not just dubs, not just like, you know, like. It's, well, it's sloppy. The U.S. and Japan did not have a unified vision as to what like they wanted these shows and like this franchise to be like this, you know, this right. version of the franchise to be. But I think like, you know, to I guess kind of move us towards a conclusion here. I think, you know, the Dreamwave Armada and Energon comics were probably the most consistent, like, you know, uh, no, I, w- I would agree. I would agree very much version yeah. of that. Like, yeah. So yeah. and it's too bad that they didn't get their proper ending or send off. I would have loved to see a Cybertron comic from Dreamwave. Yeah. I mean, they would. That's Simon Furman was transitioning to that. He's like in mean, his last summary for Energon Thirty Six says, "Like, oh, Unicron's destruction creates a giant black hole next to Cybertron, and that's like where Cybertron and Galaxy Force start off." So, I mean, he had plans, but unfortunately, blah. <laughs> yeah, blah. Yeah, I don't know, but like, ju- I just want to ask before we sign off, like Justin, like, are are you are you glad that we uh, we exposed you to this now? I am glad. I liked it. It was good. It made you go. It made me go. Okay, good. Anyone else have any final thoughts on Dreamwave Armada, John? Um, I I will say that like uh, Armada was really good. I enjoyed it, and Energon really kind of held held the torch it was it was a good series and it made more sense than the fucking cartoon and that that's a that's a good hallmark where like just like the marvel series where the sunbow cartoon was really good i enjoyed it for nostalgia the marvel comic series was was top tier especially like you know the uk stuff so like comics is is where it's at you know like people say comics is a dead art form but even Dreamwave with fucking Pat Lee, you know, like fucking being Pat Lee, these were better stories than the fucking cartoons. So, I mean, props, you know, and credit. I, yeah, you know, what, I, I just I just put that down to like Furman writing most all of it. So like, true. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. Derek, you have any final thoughts, Derek? Just that that I'm 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 happy we got a chance to revisit these. I mean, I I think the art's really good. Like we said, the the story is a, is a bit more uh, highbrow than than uh, maybe the the cartoons were, and and I had a lot of fun. Well, Optimus, it looks like it's all over. No, we're looking at a brand new universe, Rodimus. This is just the beginning. Awesome. Well, why don't you do our usual uh, sign-off? 
All right. If you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can reach us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. You can also direct download all the backlog of episodes of Transformers Tuesdays over on the blogspot, fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. We can be found on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. All right. So this is Mike saying 10 years. This is Derek, Derek WC, Sugar Plum, signing off. This is Justin, goodbye. This is Tony, and just to let you know, Kicker and Highwire from Energon, a two-pack, is still getting huge money on eBay. What the fuck? But why, though? It's bad. It's a terrible set. It really is. Think whenever I think of the the Cybertron like theme song, I think of what you said, Tony, about it when you know the you were like, uh, what did you say? You were like, is that someone farting into a horn or something? Like, <laughs> 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 <laughs>